got a simple thought today, actually. Um, I was a bit in two minds, to be honest with you, about what I wanted to talk about. There's something that was really on my heart. It was a simple thought, and there was probably something a bit more fire in me, but uh, I just I thought I'd go for the simpler kind of thought. Um, and that's about presenting our best to the Lord. And um, I guess um, the Lord wants to see you know, the best of us, and, uh, and the best of us really uh, lies within the Holy Ghost that's been given to us. That is what's the best thing that's in, in us. And, uh, and it's about, uh, you know, we're more about the attitude of presenting our best attitude and letting the fruit take care of itself. I think um, maybe we can get a bit caught up with um, presenting what we think is the, you know, the best of our ability, but maybe letting the best of our ability best be the best of our attitude. And, uh, and understanding what the Lord wants to do with us. And so maybe we just start in, in Mark in chapter 12 and understand that the Lord doesn't miss a thing. When we do something small, um, we do something big or small, the Lord doesn't miss a beat. He understands exactly the background behind the attitude that we're showing. And uh, he loves it when it's good. But in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, 41, actually, and Jesus sat over against the treasury. So they're obviously sitting by the temple there, and uh, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld. He was just watching how the people cast um, money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much, and there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, uh, which made a farthing, which I have no idea, but it doesn't sound like much. And verse 43, And he called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in uh, more in than all they which had cast into the treasury. It says, for all uh, did, uh, for they all did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And the Lord just observed that and made a point to teach his disciples about this attitude of this, this widow that uh, gave of uh, the money that she actually needed, money that was allocated, money that was put, kind of put aside. And, uh, and the Lord made a point about her to say that she cast in that that she needed, and all the rest were just casting in of you know they had shovel loads and they just unloaded a bit more into there. But this woman needed that, and she placed it into the treasury because of what the treasury and the temple represent to her. Um, and so the Lord made a point of saying that I love that how. Uh, that woman is walking by faith. That money was allocated. That money had its place. But she is looking ahead. She is uh, casting in the things that she actually has need of the Lord. And uh, and we kind of live in a, in a world that um, to present our best, like I was saying at the start, is uh, to present something that's, uh, I guess, bigger and broader and louder and more detailed, um, more energy. And, and generally at the end of it, um, when we kind of give everything of ourselves into this world, all we end up feeling is maybe a bit, number one, exhausted, and number two, maybe even a bit under, underappreciated for what we've actually given in. And that's the, a natural outlook of, of looking at things. But the Lord teaches us this whole other way, um, and the Lord teaches us that the, the spiritual part of it is that when the Lord asks us the best, it means he's asking the best of our attitude. And regardless of what that fruits to, be, to become in our life, we'll have this wonderful feeling of stability and strength and um, uh, we'll, we'll feel like we've been taken care of and heard and, and appreciated because we're doing as, as unto the Lord. And so um, 
the Lord wants to reassure us that he notices absolutely everything. When we cast in in of our need, when we do things by faith, when we um when we you know when we make our contribution because of the faith that we're feeling within us and the appreciation that's uh, within us, that the Lord is saying that I will fill you up to overflowing um, with the feeling that you have been heard, that I have noticed that you you know that, that you there is a memorial of you in my heart um, of the Lord. So let's maybe go to another scripture, Luke chapter seven. It was going to be nice and simple, but. Uh, uh, some of these things, you just got to trust the Lord that uh, it's on my heart, and we'll just we'll speak it out and see what happens. I mean, I uh, recently just came back from uh, PNG uh, a couple of weekends ago, and um, and the one thing you really notice there, like we do here, they just present the best of what they've got, and they haven't got much, but they just present the best of what they have, and uh, much like we we do here. And um, I just really felt this. Im- um, I was actually going to PNG for a weekend for five days, and then I I had to head back through the Gold Coast for a work conference, and that work conference was at the Star Resort, which is like going from you know a spiritual high down to like depression, like really quick. I'm, I've never felt depression in my life, but uh, it was a real hard night. So I um. We, because of the flights, I had to arrive into the Gold Coast a day earlier than I wanted to, so I had to find accommodation for that night. And so I thought I'll just go to the same place I was going to stay the, the night after, because uh, of the conference that was at the Gold Coast. And so um, they had me down for like a butler's room or something. I don't know how they have their levels: butler, prince, queen, king suite. And uh, so I called up and said, oh, "Look, I just get, I just need a room for another night." Before one night beforehand, and uh, so they said, "Oh, there's nothing available, but we've got the prince's suite." I was in the butler suite. They said, "I put you into the prince's suite." Okay, that 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 will do. Whatever the prince's suite, I'll take that, and uh, saves me having to check out whatever. So then I turn up, and they thought they'd do me a favour. They said, "Oh, the prince's suite was like uh, booked up, so I put you into the king's suite," (laughs) and I just my heart just kind of sunk. And uh, it's really weird how you kind of think from going from a spiritual high to like this. I walk into the suite; it's 300 square meters, and uh, it's got a TV room, a living room, it's got a dining room. Everything like the curtains are all like on electronic. All the curtains, the blinds, and uh, curiosity, I pressed it. I just kind of thought, <laughs> I thought I'll just press this button, see what it does, and you just hear. It just like, and you're just standing in the middle of the room, looking around, and this this curtain is just like opening up all the way around the suite, like all around me. And then you know, out, out there was just like a, a balcony all around the suite. And you go out there and uh, my heart was just crying. It was just, I kind of looked at it and just kind of thought, oh, I felt like calling up Pastor John Josky saying, can we swap for the night? Maybe you have more of appreciation for me for this. And uh, yeah, so uh, this maybe this is a bit born from, from that as to um, in, a, in the natural uh you know, sometimes it's nice to be bright, but there's sometimes we're just kind of thinking, "No, Lord, you've taught me such as this, you know, this this beautiful other way that um, these emotions in my heart and the way that I feel, the reassurance I feel in my heart that you're providing everything for me tomorrow, and I'm standing upon this strong foundation that I don't need I don't need anything of this world. I'm just happy um, with you know what you've called me to, and and then, but the, of course, the opposition likes to get in and get, have those that switch with the buttons for you to press and to watch the curtains uh, open up. 
but I've got over it. I'm back. I'm, I've been I've been here back for two weeks now. I'm corrupted again. I'm back to where we all are, uh, distracted, and uh, back into work and things. But uh, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the good fight. I'm trying to hold on to the things that are important. And verse so Luke seven verse thirty seven, verse thirty six. Um, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would uh, eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman of the city, which uh, was a sinner, they're really nice to her, they've named her the sinner, uh, when, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And uh, so it's an interesting point that they actually name her the sinner, as if they're so righteous themselves. And... Um, um, and obviously, probably the whole town knew of her sin. It was probably obvious for everyone to know who, uh, what, you know, Mary's sin was here. And verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash, um, his feet with tears and had wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And you kind of think, uh, wow, um, you know, the alabaster box, and the, it's a, it's, when I did a bit of research, it was just like a vial, like a vase that they used to carry a perfume into. And some dictionaries even say that it's shaped like a vase so that you don't over apply this really precious ointment, um, you know, on the, on the inside of it. So just apply just, just enough. Uh, it's a very expensive, uh, like perfume. In, in the book of Mark, it says that she broke the, like the, the, the box and poured it upon the Lord's head. She wasn't worried about this little kind of opening at the top. You know, for her, she knew who she was. She knew where her life had turned out. And, and I'm not going to speak on her behalf, but I don't think she was very happy with how her life had turned out. And she saw, she heard that the Lord was in town and she just saw that the Lord was my, is the best place for me to be. This is the miracle man, the man that sets people free, the, the man that mends the brokenhearted. The man that, you know, uh, you know, breaks, you know, the prisoner free in their life, the things that, uh, bind them up, he can set them free from. So I don't think she would have been, she would have gone into that Pharisee's house knowing that she was welcomed. I think she would have, she would have known that she would have been ridiculed on the street. She would have been ridiculed, let alone be so desperate that she wanted to change her life that she would go into the Pharisee's house. She would be so bold to do something like that. And in verse 39, when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, um, would have known who and what manner of woman um, that is that touches him, for she is a sinner. And so you can you really start to see this contrast of attitudes. Jesus knowing who she was and and seeing the tears. And I'm not too sure if it's the most comfortable thing to have your feet wiped with someone's hair. But I think he just saw her desperation of she didn't want her life to be the way it was and anymore. Her attitude was that this was the man that would set her free and she didn't care uh, who it was and whose place. She knew she was walking into a house of hostility and judgment, but she didn't care because she had, her attitude was saying to her, this is my only chance to, uh, to show Jesus and, and, uh, that she knew who he was. And she knew what he represented in her life. He was the one that was going to bring change into her life. And, and Jesus, after he kind of hears this kind of thought from the Pharisees, he kind of, uh, 
it's a really nice thing because uh, he hears a criticism and he and he goes to defend her. He goes to defend her because Jesus is looking upon the attitude. You know, where all she's got is an alabaster box. She's got this kind of vase in her hand, this vial in her hand. And when you look at these two women that we've only read about, we've got you know two mites and a little vase. Probably could be carried in the palm of your hand. But Jesus gave them more time than anybody else and spoke more about them than anybody else. And verse 41, the Lord just goes on with a, with a story. It says, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. He's got nothing to pay, he got nothing to pay. He says, tell me therefore which of them will love him most. And, and Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged, you're correct, Simon. And he turned to the woman, and he, and he said unto Simon, Seest thou, seest thou this woman? He says, I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with, her, with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. He says, Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came, in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. She has not stopped kissing my feet. He says in verse 46, My head with all thou um, didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. He says, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins which are many, and our sins which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they sat at meat, uh, with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives the sin also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith have saved thee, go in peace. And so I guess um, you know, our best comes from our appreciation. That's our best. Our best is not about the cake we bake or about um, you know, the... I mean, of course, there are you know, the good things that we do in our life, but it's about the attitude that we possess. That's the best of us. And, uh, and when we live, live our life with... Uh, a huge amount of appreciation for how that we, yes, we were sinners and how that we came and we gave everything to the Lord that he would forgive us. He would, he would die in our, our place and, and forgive us of our sins. That is the best of us. That is the best that we can show to the Lord more than anything physical, more than anything natural. It's about the spiritual things, about our appreciation, you know, about uh, thanking the Lord for, you know, the things that we did wrong in our past. How far off track were we in, in our thinking uh, before we come to know him? Um, and how that the Lord has changed our destiny. He has given us a future. He's given us eternity. Those are the things that the Lord notices. Those are the things that the, you know, in our quiet times, laying in our bed, you know, just sitting on our kitchen table, contemplating life and you know, the journey that the Lord has taken us on, we kind of have those moments where we just kind of think, oh, I'm just so appreciative of what the Lord has called me to. Everybody, might, some other people might look at my life and think, oh, what's, what's so special about that kind of life? A kind of a quiet life, a committed Sunday, a committed Wednesday night. Or, but for us, we know it's just gold, the life that we've been kind of called to. And of course, you know, we're also appreciative for the patience that the Lord has with us even today as we are, you know, we're fumbling our way forward. We think we've got an idea, but we have, you know, we are still learning. We're still trying to work this thing out, still trying to, and work out in our own head, you know, have I got it, have I got it right? Do I need to learn, you know, something in the situation that I find myself in? Is there, is there something to be learned? And so, uh, so I might just go through a few scriptures about presenting, you know, 
the spirit, the best of our spiritual being, um, and letting the Lord, you know, manifest that into our life, however He feels fit, which will be perfect, you know. And and all people say we're happy with how the Lord does that. Maybe Matthew chapter five. It's more just teaching of things. In verse twenty-one, it says, "You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment." But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say unto his brother raka or worthlessness, the worthless one, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. It goes on to say, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, says, Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first, and be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. I'm not, I'm not too sure that I'm going to do this scripture justice, but I'm just trusting that we've all kind of been in that position where, you know, we, we're making our contribution, but there's something that's just niggling within us. Something that's unfinished inside of us. We're, we're not presenting the absolute best of our attitude. The absolute, if it comes to forgiveness or the way that we are talking about each other or our, you know, our thoughts towards situations, we kind of think, oh, I'm, I'm coming and I'm giving my contribution, but the Lord is at me. He's not going to let it go because he wants me to be free. He wants me to come and to bring my contribution without any kind of, uh, uh, how can I say, any kind of guilt or any condemnation. He wants me to freely give uh, of the best of my attitude. And... And that's what the Lord here, it's all in red in my, in my Bible here, saying go and make things right first. Go and present the best of yourself first. Go and do what needs to be done. Go and have a conversation that needs to be had and then come freely and offer your contribution, your gift to the altar, uh, your contribution to the, to the kingdom of God. Goes, he says, agree, in verse 25, agree with our adversary quickly whilst they are in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee unto the judge, and the judge deliver thee unto the officer, and thou be cast into prison. And so the Lord is saying it's never too late to make peace. It's never too late to make it right. It's never too late to show your best. Sometimes we can go down so far down the road that we've built up a wall even within our own heads about knowing what we should be doing, but for some reason we just find ourselves that we just can't do what the Lord wants us to do. And the Lord is saying, no, present your best attitude. And even, even if you're walking with your, your enemy on the way to judgment, it's still not too late. You can still do something about it so that you can come and to freely offer up whatever your contribution in the, to, to the kingdom of God. Let's keep going to um, the best of our perspective, Matthew 25. So the last one was the best of our humility. And our teachability, if that's a word, to be malleable in God's sight. That uh, we're always ready to learn something new. We're always ready to become a little bit smaller so that uh, we may become bigger in his kingdom. But Matthew 25, in verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall all the... Uh, shall all be gathered, all the nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall set up the sheep on his right hand and his goats on the left. And then it says, And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father. Verse 35, For I was hungered, 
and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw thee a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And this is the, the best of our perspective is to understand that everything that we do is, a, is as unto the Lord. That's the best perspective that we can present to the Lord. Whether it is the small stuff of packing up and setting up, we pack up and we set up as unto the Lord. Whether it's the kind of the quiet, because in times in our walk, you know, we do things quietly where nobody can see anything, but our thanks has to come from the Lord. You know, whether we're, we're scrubbing a stain on the carpet that is just not going to lift and you're at breaking point, your best perspective is that you're doing it as unto the Lord. The Lord's on his knees with you. He's scrubbing with you. That is your best perspective. However that will fruit in your life, I'm not too sure how that will fruit in your life, but it will be good. But the best of you is to have that attitude that everything I do, all the small, all the small things around the place, the go through the pantry and work out what's going off and wipe down the shelves, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. That is my best perspective to have. That is my best attitude to have. And however, whatever the Lord wants to do with that attitude, I'll leave that with him. But for us, the best perspective that we can have is um, is whatever I'm doing here, big or small, I'm coming to do it for the Lord. I'm driving a distance to do it for the Lord. And I'm not doing it to be seen of men. I'm doing it for the Lord. And the Lord who, who notices the woman that threw in the mites or, or, the, or the woman that was, you know, maybe misunderstood wiping her hair with a, wiping his feet with her hair. The Lord understands what's going on there. The Lord understands the attitude behind the action. And, and so we have that reassurance that the Lord understands us. Um, the best of our discipline. Maybe we'll go to Hebrews chapter 12. Um, maybe we'll start in verse, verse 5 and it says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every uh, son whom he receiveth. It says, If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. If you if you hang around and you and you wait for the lesson to be learned, you know you realize that he's dealing with you as a, a loved son and daughter. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, uh, whereof are you are all partakers? Then you are bastards and not sons. It says furthermore, we have had our fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we have. Um, and we have, and we have them reverence. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? It says, for they for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our own profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. And it says, now no chastening of the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields 
to the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Then it says, Wherefore, this is the attitude, lift up thy hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, and let it rather be healed. And so the Lord is saying here that at the end of it is this, this growth, this, um, this strengthening, this healing of uh, this chastisement the Lord kind of gives us. And so the best of our attitude towards a time of learning, sometimes we're going through a situation, we're kind of thinking, what good can come out of this? This just feels tough. This just feels hard. I can't, I can't find my best attitude because of the situation just seems too heavy for me. But the Lord reassures us here that the best that we can present to the Lord is this attitude of whatever I'm going through here, I will be stronger for it once I get through it. And the only way through it is to present the best of me, the best of my attitude, the best of my perspective, the best of my humility. Am I teachable? Am I patient? Am I appreciative of what I've been called to? And so the Lord here is urging us to kind of say, stick with it. You are going to be stronger after it. Don't leave early. The lesson will be lost. I'm preparing you for what's coming up in your life, for the next chapter of what's going to, what's going to, is going to be. And this might be seem like a small hurdle, but there's probably more coming because I'm preparing you uh, for my kingdom. And, and for, you know, for all of us, we've, been, we've all been through it. And, we're, and I'm, I'm talking to everyone that's experienced you know, the Lord's kind of uh, uh, chastisement. And we understand that if we do present our best, then uh, we're better for it in the end. And we, we, kind of, we get through it and we realize, wow, uh, there must be so much more to learn. There must be so much more that the Lord's got uh, here for us. If I just kind of present the, the best of uh, what I can for that time, then everything else will take care of itself. Regardless of what comes tomorrow, I, I will be provided for. Not only physically, but I will be provided for emotionally with it all as well. If I present my best, then the Lord reveals more to me as I, pre- I present my best to him. Um, let's go. I mean, we, we live in a funny world in the sense of we have... We need to and you know, get our um, our recognition, our thanks almost immediately. Our gratitude. I think there was a talk here at Prayer and Fast about gratitude. Uh, how we have to take our gratitude almost immediately in this world. That we don't generally hang around for a lesson to be learned. We don't generally go through the tough stuff to kind of work out um, what am I trying to be taught here. What, what's the what's the reason for it here? And uh, we just we almost want to present our best. And, uh, and want instant gratification of, you know, of, uh, whatever that is, whether it's the praise, the, you know, the applaud of men, you know, the applause of men or the recognition of men. But there is this other recognition that the Lord gives us that, uh, it seems to be a little bit slower because maybe not, not because it is slower, but maybe because we're not as attentive as we are wired naturally. But there is this other reassurance that, you know, just, uh, really instills in your mind that, uh, my life is completely planned. And even though my life might feel like a bit of a disaster now, the end always ends well. I think Pastor Kevin likes to say, in the end we all win. And in the end it all turns out we have an expected end. In the end Jesus Christ appears. We get raised up you know, uh, to be um, immortal, to be, to be with him forever. And so we have this reassurance that even though we're going through this tough stuff, there is this foundation that I stand upon uh, that cannot be moved. And even though trouble comes and pushes against me, at times it feels like it might, it, it may kind of make me sway, but it will never move my feet. 
And other times we have the pressure that comes up against us that feels like it almost doesn't touch us, it blows through us because we are presenting our best attitude to the Lord and the Lord is fighting our battles uh, for us. But at times we can feel isolated. At times we kind of feel that I just need to have some reassurance from the Lord that what I'm doing here, it can be a lonely battle when you're presenting your best attitude in a corrupt and rotten world. When you're presenting, you know, the most forgiving of your attitude to a staff member who has absolutely no appreciation for your peacemaking skills and for your temperance that you're showing towards them, they just completely just keep belting at you. And at times it can be, it can be lonely work. And at times uh, we really need that reassurance from the Lord that Lord, uh, none of these people appreciate what I'm doing for them because I could, I could set off a firework like they are. And we could have this whole whole place lift in a couple of meters off the ground, but I'm doing it as unto you. I'm doing it for you. I don't I don't bite back. I don't shout back at people. I don't go talk behind people's backs. But it doesn't seem like I'm I'm winning in this. And and even I'm just just looking at just reading through in in John um, chapter Luke chapter seven, just about John the Baptist and his little bit of his own lonely time, the man that came to prepare the way for the Lord. For the Son of God to come to the earth, he had his little bit of he had his little moment there, where he kind of says, "I've been presenting my best attitude all my life, but now I find myself feeling really isolated, really lonely, fighting this fight by my by myself." And maybe we'll just we'll read through a bit of that here. In in Luke seven and verse eighteen, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that John the Baptist is the most popular man, would you? I don't think it had too many like you know book signings or autograph signings. John the Baptist, he kind of lived a pretty lonely life out in the wilderness. Whoever came down, came to see him, he, he said it pretty straight. I don't think he made too many friends along the way, um, but uh, he made a friend of the Lord. That's that's the one, and that's the one we want to make a friend of is, is the Lord. But Luke seven verse eighteen it says, and the disciples of John. Um, showed him of all these things, and John calling unto him two of his disciples sent to them, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? You kind of think, um, uh, such a strong character, why is such a strong character talking in such a way? And even, even the Lord himself, and uh, we'll read later how, how well he spoke of John. And verse 20, and the men uh, which were come unto him, unto Jesus, uh, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? You know, John needs to know. John's feeling pretty insecure there. I think I'm, I haven't done much of a study on this, but I'm pretty sure he's in prison at this time when he's asking this, asking this uh, question. But John just needs to know. Lord, have you noticed you know, the work that I've done? And uh, the stand that I've been making, I've done it uh, unto you. Everything in my whole life has been a sacrifice to prepare the way uh, for you to come. And he listened to what the Lord did for John in verse 21. In the same hour, he cured many of the infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. So at that time there, they were saying, are you the one that should come? And he's almost like the Lord took these people these disciples and just healed whoever was nearby. Completely healed the whole, you know, the whole. And said, now go and tell John who I am. Go and tell John who it is. In verse 22, when Jesus answered and said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, 
the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. And at times maybe there's a maybe there's a couple of things to get out of it, is that if there is reassurance that needs to be had, the Lord is there ready to reassure you of we're on the right path, we're doing the right thing. This this right attitude, this right perspective, the best of you is being noticed. Another part of it, I guess, um, the other part of uh, the thing that we can kind of learn from it, um, I kind of went blank now all of a sudden. I thought I was just thinking that as I, as I was reading that. Um, Jesus answered the same the way until John the things was seen, heard. That is even okay for, even for John the Baptist. Sometimes it's okay to go back and ask your reassurance from the Lord. It's okay that we live in this natural mind that even John in his loneliness sitting in prison just kind of thinking, you know, I made some, I guess I made some sacrifice and I presented the best of my life and now I find myself without a visitor. Um, sitting in this prison, almost forgotten, like I was yesterday's news. And uh, but the Lord is always ready there to, um, you know, uh, to reassure us. And 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 maybe even the Lord was saying to John, "What are you looking for as reassurance? What are you looking for as reassurance? Are you, are you looking for someone to come and pat you on the back and say, John, you, you know, uh, you know, uh, not only do I love your clothes, but I love what you're doing, you know, type of thing." Or, uh, or, or the Lord saying, remember the purpose. You know, are you rejoicing in the healing? Are you rejoicing that people are being set free? Are you rejoicing in, in, a, in the calling of the Son of God, the coming of his kingdom? Are you, are those things satisfying you? Are they your reassurance that we are on the right track? People are being baptized. People's lives are being changed. You know, where people are overcoming, you know, by the power that lives within them. Are these things reassuring us to kind of say that, yes, we're on the right track? Even though nobody's patting us on the back, but we are observing the changed lives even amongst us, that that is our, our reassurance that I will keep presenting the best of my attitude and my ability to the Lord. But the Lord goes on in verse 23, And blessed is he um, whosoever shall not be offended in me, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. He says, what when you out to the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind? Even though John's had a bit of a bad little spot here where he's just asked for reassurance, see how the Lord, said, what the Lord says, what do you expect to see? A reed shaken in the wind? A, a man that is distracted? A man that you know, uh, has completely lost his bundle? So he talks him up and says in verse 25, but what when you out to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, uh, they that um, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live uh, delicately are in king's courts. But what went you out to see a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. And this is he who was written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. That was, that was the best of John, that he came to prepare the way for the Lord. For I say unto you, in verse 28, Among those that are born of women, there is none, none um, greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So John, uh, in the, the Lord puts Jesus, uh, John up on a pedestal and says, This is a determined man. This is a man, this is no reed shaken with the wind. This is no, no man that needed his head patted every second day. This is, this is a determined man, lived his life by himself, you know, you know, full of this purpose to make a way for the Son of God to come into the earth. 
and he says that we are greater than him. We are more determined, more empowered. We have a greater ability to present even better attitudes than what John did. We know more. We've experienced more. Greater things shall you do, because I go to the Father. And so, um, and so the Lord is saying here that let your reassurance come from him. Don't let the world reassure you. You know, the, when the, when the yeah, world reassures you, they're preparing you for a fall. Just remember that when the, when you, when you're looking to get your praise from the world, it generally is the feed of pride and a pride creates a fall. And so, but when we're looking to get our reassurance from the Lord, um, then the Lord knows exactly how much confidence we really need and how much reassurance we really need and what's, and what's best for us. Um, Maybe last scripture. I guess I could have just turned to this scripture and been done with the whole whole talk, but uh, there is a scripture in Matthew 22 that talks about how do we present our best to the Lord, our best of our attitude and the best of our perspective and let, and let the Lord bring the increase into our life. Chapter 22, verse 37. And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart. Everything is unto the Lord. And with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I might just leave my thought there. 